welcome to Shutting Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average show and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 196. Well, welcome back to the show. Summer is slowly wrapping down here. I know people are getting in those last-minute vacations and things like that. And maybe if you're like me, you're getting a little excited for deer season. It's coming around the bend. And so uh, maybe you uh, put out a food plot or something like that. That's something that I did a few weeks ago. And it's been fun to, not a few weeks ago, like a week ago. And it uh, feels like a few weeks. And I keep like looking out there expecting there to be like a lot of green. And it's it's not there yet. But uh, I've been doing that, uh, working with my dog, Mac. Uh, we just did a track yesterday, um, and that was was awesome. It's really, really cool to see him progressing. Made a really long track, a lot of turns, took him through some really thick stuff that he had to get off the easy path. And, man, that dog is doing really well so far on deer liver. That's what I'm dragging. Um, and so I'm going to extend the times. Uh, eventually, I'll translation over. I'm using this thing from Dog Bone Hunter. Uh, it's a kit that came from them, and they actually have like this uh, solution that's basically mimics deer blood, uh, has iron and different things in it. So I'm going to transition him over to that. And uh, man, it's just I, I love watching that dog work, and I'm um, hoping that this fall we can get him on the real deal, and um, hopefully not in like a situation where I actually need him, but more so I know where the deer is at and uh, he can get in there. But other than that, we're just getting ready for the fall, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, my buddy Travis Shire tomorrow to a traditional archery shoot, and so that'll be pretty fun, and, and that's just what we're into. So uh, today's guest has been on the show before. His name is Brandon Roberts. Been on here, uh, I think, twice, actually, before this, and excited to have him back on. He reached out to me, said he wanted to talk a little bit about this new page that he started, along with just kind of an update on how his hunting season went last year, and so we get into some uh, pretty crazy deer hunts and some things like that, and uh, it's a fun episode. We get into a lot of different topics. One thing we talk about is just kind of like mistakes that you make whenever you're hunting, (laughs) and um, we've all done it. We've all made some bad choices along the way. Brandon talks about some of his. I talk about some of mine, so if you're one of those perfect deer hunters that's never made a bad shot, that's just, you know, you, you never... You never slip up. You're always cool, calm, collected in the moment. This might not be for you because we're we're human over here. We're average Joes, and we make some mistakes. And so Brandon and I unpack how we deal with those, how we move forward, and, and the lessons learned. And it's, it's a fun one. So I'd encourage you guys, if you haven't already, go over to Shedding Light Outdoors over on YouTube. My buddy Trav is releasing some doe videos and some things like that. And... Um, just some exciting things are happening. Um, the Push Archery, if you're familiar with them, will be releasing some of Trav's trad videos here in the next few weeks as they kind of get ready to release some of their stuff. They've, they're have they doing other content, and they've selected us, and particularly Trav and his, his traditional archery. So we are pumped to be working with them and um, for that stuff to be coming out here soon and uh, just some good things. So with all of that said, we're going to jump right in. Here is Brandon Roberts. All right. Well, joining me again from PA is Brandon Roberts. Brandon, how you doing, man? Good, Travis. How you doing? Uh, wonderful. What's you into tonight? <clears throat> uh, not much. Actually, just got done shooting bow and actually just doing some recording out in the backyard. Went for a nice hike with the uh, fiance, soon to be wife in September and baby. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, she's a year and a half old. She's a um, definitely a handful, but I can tell you actually something right now. She can probably work a grunt tube better than I can. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The kids they they pick that stuff up pretty quick. That's awesome, man. They do. It's insane, honestly. And it's a it's a good time. Honestly, I'm I'm loving being a dad for the first time. And it's honestly kind of challenging though, trying to balance the family life and hunting season. I'm starting to learn. Oh man, you and I, I think we had that conversation. Uh you are not this is not your first time. This is actually your third time on the show, correct? Yes, it is. Okay, so you were on in December of 2021, episode 142, and we talked a little bit. I remember I was kind of listening to that again, just give myself a refresher, and I remember we talked a little bit about that whole concept of, man, it's <laughs> when the kids come along and uh, marriage and all that, it becomes a balancing act of trying to make sure you're at home when you need to be and in the woods when you can't be kind of deal. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So tell, give us a little update. I mean, guess if anybody hasn't listed, uh, you know, that far back a couple of years ago, give us an update as to what you're doing now. Still same job. What's, what's been happening other than, uh, the kid and the wife. <laughs> Actually, I had a, uh, I had a change of careers, uh, probably in the beginning of the year, I left the job I was at and I ended up moving to this machine shop over in New Jersey where they do a lot of stuff for the military actually, which is really cool. Yeah. And, that actually brought along some new hunting opportunities because as I was telling you before, I had lost the one property that I was hunting up in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, which was near my fiance's parents house okay. and yep. ended up losing a lot of great deer with losing that property, which is kind of a sad thing. But this mm -hmm. year, it looks like we're kind of getting on to some better deer now. So it's kind of exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good for you. I mean, career change is not always a bad thing. And sometimes sliding into something new, you know, one door closes, another opens, right? Exactly. And that's actually kind of funny because I obtained another piece of property up in Stroudsburg from my new boss, actually. Really? Well, good yeah. for you. That's exciting. Acre, yeah. It's uh, 15 acres of private land. And then I ended up getting off the back end of that. There's, I think, 600 acres of township land that you can hunt. Okay. So okay. it's, it's a decent piece of property and got a couple good buck and camera this year already on it. But honestly, the best ones I have are literally right out my back door. Let's talk about that for a minute. So the summer, you know, everybody kind of treats it differently. Some people are like scouting trail cams, corn piles, mineral food plots. Some people are just kind of waiting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so what's what's your uh, what's what's your approach to summer? What do you get into? I mean, especially I know it changes, obviously, when you lose a property, gain a property. But what are you working on right now? Is it just mainly just kind of waiting and you'll figure it out as time goes or how's that play out for you? Well, I've been going since I would probably say early June, late May. I started kind of clearing out my food plot in the backyard. I run. I only have like seven cameras that I can really run right now. You know, yeah. batteries are expensive. Oh yeah. So I'm, uh, I got two cell cameras that I'm running on some public land near my house. And then I have that property that I was telling you I obtained in Stroudsburg. I'm running a regular camera up there. The, uh, cell cameras, they just don't pick up real mm -hmm. good service in that area, which is kind of a shame. Yeah. But I'm also running two or three cameras on the piece of property that I'm able to hunt behind my house which I actually referred to in a prior story where I switched to the crossbow on mm -hmm. that buck. I, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. And I had shot at and shot over the back two or three times on a deer on that property. Well, that's kind of property that I'm leaning towards this year that I put two or three stands out at. It's like five acres, but there's two or three stands that I put out there and I got a couple cameras running there. My food plot butts right up to the property, which is perfect. 
Okay. What kind of, so tell me about your food plot. I would have never asked that question prior to like a month ago, but I've just now recently put in my very first food plot. So now I'm kind of interested in what, what are people doing? Are you doing like a no-till? Are you tilling it up and doing all kinds of stuff? Like what's your, what's your approach with that? Well, with where I'm at, it's kind of really rocking. I got a lot of roots, so I'm kind of just doing a no-till plot. Mm-hmm. And I basically am doing like a 50-50 perennial and like uh, annual blend. My annuals, I'm running a uh, like your alfalfa, your clover, not clover, yeah. sorry, uh, brass. It's, I think it's alfalfa, brassica, winter rye. Yep. And then I mixed in a perennial blend of uh, white clover, a little bit of red clover. Okay. And I can't remember what else I put in there. I might have threw like a light mix of turnip and radish in too. Yeah. My local feed store, I, I was doing like a throw and grow, and then I mixed in some like bulk seed that you can buy at the local feed store. And it's growing up okay. I mean, it's my second year of doing a food plot at the house. Yeah. And I've got decent growth, but with this torrential rain that we've been having and then dry spells, it's been killing it. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, <clears throat> I put in mine last week, and I mean, we had like storms and stuff like that. And, uh, so I kind of did a similar approach. Basically the power line company came and they, they, I mean, made this giant uh, like opening that hadn't been there before. So I sprayed it, seeded it. I might have to fertilize it. I'm trying to do this as cheaply as possible, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I, you, when you go down that, that path of food plots, it's not always a cheap thing. I know you got a lot of, you got to invest in it and if you want it to grow, but I did go out there the other day and after the rain, little radish, you know, a uh, little green came up. So I was kind of excited to see that. So it's, you know, something new, something to spend your time on. So it's, it's fun. And, you know, if it attracts a little bit more deer, Hey, that'll be pretty neat. Exactly. That was kind of my thing. I just want to keep them closer to the property. She actually got me for father's day this year, a feed or two. So I've been running that near the plot just to kind of take a bit of an inventory, Yeah, which is funny because it ended up pulling a buck in that I didn't know I had on the property until probably two months ago over towards my property and he's used my food plot two or three times. Yeah. I'll actually, uh, I'll actually send you over the picture real quick of him in the plot because it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good deer dude. He's a really good deer. I, uh, I ended up, we saw him two or three times. We gave him a nickname. Jokingly, I started calling him Magic Mike because he's always hanging out with a bunch of does. <laughs> Figured yeah. just a good little comical laugh. I mean, we got kind of funny with the names. We have a wonky one, too, that uh, she named uh, Silly Goose. Silly Goose. I, yeah. I can't wait. I want you to shoot that one because do you fil- do you film your hunts? I'm actually starting that this year. I think I was telling you before, I'm starting my own YouTube channel yeah. on media platform. We're yeah. calling it a uh, rocket outdoors. Rocket it's, outdoors. Um, yep. My grandfather, who I talked about in the first episode that I was on, he uh, got me into the outdoors and really inspired me to hunt. Mm-hmm. And after he passed away, I felt like I lost a bit of the purpose in my life. I mean, he was the person I'd always call when I would get a deer or always, he would always walk me through everything and just, he really made me who I am today. And now that I've decided to kind of pursue this and pursue something that I am so passionate about, I'm excited to actually get out there and share what he taught me with the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's exciting. It, that's what it's all about for me. It's just like with shedding light outdoors, it's just taking something that you're pa- already passionate about something that you enjoy and then turning it into something that you hope other people enjoy, you know, and that's, that's the bottom line. And it's just a lot of fun. So I think uh, that's really cool. That's really cool that you're doing that for your grandpa too. That makes it even uh, more special. 
Um, but I was what I was going to say with that is like if you're filming your hunts, I just think it's going to have a special ring whenever you say "silly goose down, silly goose down." You know, that's going to be like a or I smoke the silly goose. I think that's going to sound really good. <laughs> the only thing that kills me though is that deer is not that magic Mike, and he's not fully legal this year, which is kind of sad. Oh, okay. Say, uh, um, he looks like he. I'm thinking he got hit by a car. Honestly, uh, which makes it a bit sad. Yeah, but um. When I first saw him, he was kind of in the yard. He's actually on the Instagram page. That buck that you saw on there that has the uh, one time that comes down. Okay. He um he's come through a couple times. He has a big tear in his one ear, his back legs a little. Looks like it's a little beaten up, but right now it looks like he's only what would be a fork horn. Okay. But he might sprout something else out on that funky side that he has leaning down. But I honestly doubt it. Well, I tell you what, you just sent me the pictures of Magic Mike, and he is a stud. Man, what a deer. He's got, looks like a split brow, ton of mass on G2. One side has a kicker. That is a, that's a, that's a pretty impressive deer right there, man. That, that'd get anybody excited. Yeah, he's got me going completely crazy. That day, those pictures I sent you, he was at the one stand that was off the cor- one corner lot and he worked down into the food plot the same day. And I've only gotten daylight pictures of this deer. So yeah, I'm optimistic to say the least. I know it's right by my property. I know there's a couple neighbors around that feed the deer year round. So it keeps them on the properties. I don't hunt over their food whatsoever, but I'm close enough to know when they're going there and when they're coming out of it. Right. Right. Well, that's exciting, man. So, I mean, season comes in in PA probably about the same time as us, right? You're toward the end of September, beginning of October, right? Yeah, we're. I think our opening day is September 30th. So, okay. that's kind of exciting. I mean, I'm I'm literally I'm getting married September 9th. So, <laughs> so you go from that. Uh, you guys doing like a honeymoon anywhere? Yep, we're going down to Punta Cana for a week. Nice, man. So you come back from the honeymoon and be like, babe, I love you, uh, but it's time to deer hunt. <laughs> yep, and she understands and she knows what deer I'm chasing, too, and she's very excited about it. She's been a great help, too, with everything I've been trying to start, too, with the pages. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, well, we'll definitely promote the pages here in a little bit and talk about that and, like, uh, yeah. YouTube channel and that, but I want to go back a little bit. So tell us tell us a hunting story, Brandon. It has been a while since you've been on, and I'm sure that you've raked up a, at least one or two that you could tell us. So kind of to bring us through your last seasons and uh, what's been going down. Yeah, man. Well, uh, last season started off as a season what could have been for the ages. Yeah. I had – three shooters that I was chasing on camera that were probably all in the 120 to the biggest buck that I was actually calling kicker. Ironically, I had two years history with that deer. He um, was probably pushing 150 wow. every bit of it. And yeah. this deer was showing up every few days and he was consistent. I was so pumped for the season. I knew if I would just make it to the rut, I would kill him because the year prior, he would not leave that location during the rut. He literally lived there. And the sad thing was, I ended up getting notice probably the week before the season that the landowners that had allowed me to hunt had sold the home. And the last day I'd be able to hunt there would have been October 18th. Oh, man. That's that. Yeah. That, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. So when... I got that word. That was just kind of like a devastating blow to me. And it became almost a scramble 
to try to pretty much get on one of these deer that were I was targeting and give them a dirt nap pretty much. And mm-hmm. I was, you couldn't, if you ever talked to my uh, fiance, Haley, uh, you can ask her, I was stressing. It was all I was thinking about. I was leaving from work every day or every other day and trying to hunt these deer. And I can honestly tell you, I never laid eyes on any of those three bucks that actually I just sent you the pictures of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Any one of those, but I mean, those are all nice deer. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance to lay any eyes on them. And it was honestly heartbreaking to me. I thought my season was completely over. And at that point I kind of scrambled and I did something that was kind of upsetting for me, but wasn't, I ended up settling on a smaller six pointer that we can go into the story of. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, what day was it anymore? I, I had hunted four or five sits and I actually passed this buck two different times and also passed a bigger eight pointer that I originally had picked out for my fiance because she saw this deer on camera and loved it. And you know, her with her name is silly goose for the other buck that deer she called goofball because he had a trail cam picture of him sticking his tongue out at the camera. <laughs> Well, I passed that buck. I passed up the buck. I ended up shooting opening morning and I was passing deer left and right, just waiting for those other three to show. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was getting trail cam pictures of them and everything, but I ended up getting up in the stand. I can't even remember the date anymore. I think it was like October 15th or it was the weekend before we were supposed to be off of that property. And I was at the point where I just wanted one of them to show up and they weren't showing. And I kind of talked to myself in my head and I'm like, this is where, how we were talking about that family and hunting balance thing kind of came into for me. I kind of decided that day if a decent buck or a relatively nice buck showed up, I was going to take the shot, whether it had been goofball that she had on camera, a couple other deer that I had on camera that were all right deer, And that hunt was Honestly, great. I remember I was in that, I was up in the stand. I got in the stand after work. It was probably 3.30 in the afternoon and I was settled in and I was having a good time up there. I actually got some film of a couple doe on my iPhone that had came through and I was watching these doe go back and forth and I happened to look up and to my left and I kind of had some lighting change and I noticed like when the ray of sun came through, it was just about before it was getting dark, like that golden hour. Mm-hmm. I noticed a uh, body move in the shadow right behind this ray of sun. And I saw, I saw the rack and I'm like, that looks like a decent buck. I actually mistake that buck for that bigger eight pointer initially that I had passed up that she called goofball. And when I saw him coming in, it kind of, you know how sometimes when you get a deer coming and you kind of just blank out. Mm-hmm. Well, he came in kind of quartering two at 20 yards and I was up, right? I had four deer to my right, four doe to my right. I think I had two out to the left that were blowing at him. And he came into this shooting lane that I had that was right behind a mineral site that I had established. And he kind of paused for a second behind the tree and I let the arrow fly. (laughs) And I heard a solid hit. I got a pass through and after getting that pasture, I watched the arrow, watched the deer run off. I'm like, oh, crap, it ran towards the uh, landowner's driveway. So I ended up sitting in the tree for like 10 or 15 minutes. I texted my buddy. I uh, 
gave my fiance a call. She came up with our daughter and uh, her dad ended up like I told him, like, I'm just going to wait to make sure it was a good hit because I wasn't 100 percent certain. Well, I'm sitting there in the tree stand. Next thing you know, I hear her dad's tractor start up and he's pulling up through the woods with his tractor to come help me find this deer. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even get out of the stand yet. Well, I got up to my arrow and I found my arrow and there was gut on it. Oh, boy. Uh oh. He was, he was quartering slightly too. Yeah. And when I saw that, I'm like, ah, eh, we should back out. He's like, yeah, let's just go look for it. So I'm like, yeah. I guess we're not going to back out. If anything, I'll just get up early. It was a Friday night, so I'll get up early Saturday morning, come out and see what I can find. Well, started trailing it, and we're trailing. I actually have really good blood, and the blood, it didn't have, like, that, um, like, you know how, like, when you get gut, you get, like, a lot of, like, particles in the blood? Right, yeah. There was a mix of that and bright lung blood. Okay. So... I started trailing that, and well, next thing you know, I come up to the edge of the uh, driveway, and the blood's going out through their driveway, so I'm like, oh no, this deer ran through their driveway, through their yard, and I'm like, this is going to be a long night, because I thought the deer just kind of hit that, and you didn't see any blood. Well, I start walking around the uh, front of his fifth-wheel trailer that he had out there, some kind of trailer, I can't remember anymore, look to the left, and there the deer laid in the center of his driveway. (laughs) oh man right there (laughs) yeah it was one of the things where literally like i saw the deer there and i just stood there in like disbelief for a minute and it it made me laugh man it really made me laugh like yeah luckily her dad brought the tractor because he literally drove it up the guy's driveway we put the deer in the bucket of the tractor and then drove it back into the woods to field dress it yeah yeah it's it's always good not to you know field dress it right in the middle of somebody's driveway so (laughs) exactly i mean that kind of definitely a uh Definitely not the best spot to field dress a deer. It could actually start a whole new series of where not to field dress deer. Oh, have, I don't know. I, I'm sure I've told the story. It's been a couple of years. Did I ever? Did you ever hear the story about the the deer I shot that went into the neighbor's driveway? I don't recall. I might have. It's, it's well, been- I tell so many stories, but quick. The quick version is: I have a neighbor that's never let me hunt, um, and she she has passed away last year. God rest her soul. Sweet lady went to our church. But she never let it be hunt other than like one time to turkey hunt. She was a big animal hunter and she animal hunter, animal lover. She had never yeah. uh, she hadn't ate meat in like 40 years. She had come to our neighbor nights and would bring like a turkey burger or a, not turkey burger. I guess it would have been a tofu burger to put on the grill. And so I was in the front yard with my daughter. And at that time I had a, a foster daughter and a doe came in, actually busted us, took off running away and for some reason came back. And shot her just a little high lung and ran away. I thought it was a pretty decent shot. Started tracking her. She wasn't where I thought she'd be right over the hill. And long story short, I ended up tracking this deer. And it had gotten wrapped up in a bob wire fence in this lady's oh. driveway. <laughs> like right at the base of her driveway. And it's still alive. And I'm like, oh, no. And I've got the foster daughter there and my daughter. I'm like, this deer is like, I'm, it's about to take its final breath. But I'm like, I got to get them out of here. And then I got to come back. So I call this lady. And I say, hey, there's a deer at the base of your driveway. I shot it. I was like, I'm going to come get it. You know, I was like, but I just want to let you know, if you see a car down there, don't call the cops or whatever. That's me. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. So I get the kids back up. Ten minutes later, I come back down. I'm like, please let that deer be dead. Please let that deer be dead. And I pull into her driveway with my vehicle. And she, this lady is standing out there in like a nightgown. She has like 10 cats. She's like got all kinds oh of animals. God. And she's standing right in front of this deer. And I, then I'm really praying, God, please let this deer be dead. And it was. It had expired. 
And I went up to her. And I was like, yeah, I shot it up there. She goes, oh, it's my fault. You know, I've been putting out apples. I was like, yeah, well, I've been putting out corn. So I'm, a, I'm probably at bigger blame since I, you know, fired the arrow at it. <laughs> so she's like, you need help loading it? And I said, no, I got it. So she went back up her driveway. I got this thing. I drug it back, Brandon, to the back of my car. And I got one of those little racks. I don't have a truck. So I'm just going to, I'm like, I'm going to try and it. I didn't get a pass through only had one hole in it. So I'm like, if I keep that hole up, I don't get much blood on her driveway. Right. So I try and grab two, you know, hooves in each hand and lift this thing up. And I slip. And whenever I slip hole goes down and I dump about five gallons of blood right on her driveway, right in the oh, middle of everything. And I'm like, Oh no. So about midnight, <laughs> I came back with a five gallon bucket full of water and I'm like washing down her driveway. So she doesn't wake up to the massacre. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so it's never i can relate to you man i can relate to these situations where you're like oh better get this deer out of here this isn't exactly where i want to be that's okay if we're trading uh crazy doe stories i'll tell you about what happened to me with my doe on my food pot this past year too it was like this year has been a very this past season was just not the best season for me okay (laughs) so I get home. I had just a terrible day of work at the last place I was at. And I looked at her. I'm like, I just want to go hunting. Now, mind you, it is pouring down rain. Well, uh, so I go hunting. I get out in the stand and I'm sitting there just getting completely soaked to the bone and pouting. And here comes a doe in, right? Well, she's coming in at like 30 yards and I draw the bow. I shoot. I punch the trigger. I shot straight over her back. Mm. But it didn't alert her too much. She turned the wheel, went back, and she stopped again at 40 yards. Well, this time, now bow's wet. I draw the bow. I shoot. And I hear the arrow hit. It sounded like it. I don't know what happened. It looked like it went way left. She was standing broadside facing towards the right. Like, it looks like it almost hit back leg. Like, I don't know if I... I'm not the advocate for bad shots. I'm wondering if I slipped or torqued the bow or something happened with it being wet. Mm-hmm. But I shot and this deer turned and ran off. And long story short, she is she is still alive. She mm. is still alive. I actually saw her with the scar on her leg. Yeah. I hope you're I hope there's no animal lovers out there listening right now. I felt so bad. Well, but, I mean, in, anybody. <clears throat> I guess probably not listen to my show if they are, but I would say, I mean, yeah. we all, none of us want to wound yeah. an animal and those things happen, yeah. especially in the pouring rain and things like that. There's variables that make it a little, you know, difficult to control everything. And yeah, well, you know. I made plenty of mistakes on that hunt and I get down, I find my arrow, there's blood on it, white hair. So I start, I went, I saw the direction the deer ran, which it turned, went, up my neighbor's property line that he doesn't live there. It's just, he has a house that's there and he stores stuff at that property. He doesn't care if I'm, I I'm hunting by it and stuff. So he, he's fine with it. Mm-hmm. And this deer runs right in through his big trailer. That's on the side of his house and out towards the road. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh no. So mm-hmm. I, I get down. I, I, there's no blood to follow. I mean, terrible idea hunting and pouring down rain. I love it, but don't recommend it. Yeah. But I get, up to the trailer and I peek around the side of the trailer and there's a doe standing there across the street. And I could see both ways across the street. Probably shouldn't have done it, but I walked up and I ended up thinking that was the deer that I hit. Yeah. I could see both ways down the street. There was no vehicles coming. I took the shot. Deer dropped. Died. Now, this all happened in a matter of like 30 seconds. Like, yeah. 
between seeing the deer kind of registering that this just happened. I think that's the deer that I had hit because it was standing there across the road. I couldn't right. see sign or like a blood or anything. So I took the shot deer drop, went over to it. It was a yearling. Oh man. Probably the most tender meat I ever ate. Yeah. Probably most upset I was after a hunt, but I did not let that meat go to waste and the deer that I had hit did survive so all in all looking back hindsight 2020 it was about 15 different lessons learned of what not to do in the woods yeah and maybe one or two suggestions i could give myself of what to do right out there this year yeah i mean that's a good way to look at it and i think um i don't know i the people that will will criticize a story like that are the people that will say things, you know, I, they're, they're all over YouTube. If you make a bad shot and that's the thing, like with, with shedding light outdoors, we've always tried to be pretty real with our videos. And there was one season where I, uh, a few years ago, if people have followed this podcast and followed my videos. Like, you know, like there was one season I made a ton of mistake and it was like one mistake led into another mistake. Like I just wanted it so bad after messing up on like a really great early October opportunity at a really nice buck shot him high in the back. Um, I remember that episode yeah. actually. Oh, and it, and it yeah. just was like, so I showed all of that in my video and I got a lot of haters, but the reality is uh, unfortunately sometimes with hunting and with bow hunting in particular, you've got to learn some things the hard way. And I, there was so much that I did wrong that season that looking back now, I'm just like, um, man, it, it I I've learned it, it's helped me become such a better hunter or at least make better choices. I mean, I took a, a 60 yard shot at a doe that year and, um, you know, I made a great shot if she didn't take two steps from the time my arrow left the, the quiver to where it hit her, you know, I mean, but unfortunately coyotes got to her. And so just, Oh, I'm with you, Brandon. I've, I've made some really dumb mistakes. I guess the question that I want to ask you to kind of pose, because I know there's some hunters that maybe they've made some mistakes last year or in previous years. It seems like I used to feel like, man, that's all I do is make mistakes. How do you overcome that? And how do you have a positive outlook going into this season where you think, you know what, I want to learn from that, but I don't want to, um, I don't want to do it again. So how do you take a past mistake and turn it into a positive? Well, basically what I do is I take the mistake I made and stuff sits with me for a long time. So I will sit there and think about it consistently, but you're never going to get anywhere and be constructive with a mistake you made. If you're not willing to accept the mistake you made, be willing to talk through the mistake you made and take that mistake and use it as a learning lesson for me that was getting up in the tree shooting from home this year spending more time shooting spending more time studying the deer at my home i will spend multiple days just sitting on my porch and i see a lot of deer come through i have done nothing but watch body language and watch these deer interact back at my food plot or kind of in the fields across the street i've been studying the deer more I've been basically just working on my craft after learning and seeing what happened to me last year between losing permission on the spot, making a less than stellar hit on the buck I ended up taking, but luckily clipping lung and gut on that deer kind of taught me I need to watch the body more and make sure I'm not taking that quartering shot like that quartering mm -hmm. towards me. 
with the dough, I kind of learned when you get heavy rain like that, sometimes it's better off just to pack it in and wait for a nicer day. Let that rain stop. Get out after that rain when they're really going to move. Mm-hmm. Don't be forcing your hand because you had a bad day and you just want to get out in the woods. If it's not right, try not to get out there. Mm-hmm. I learned like you too. Don't take 60 yard shots on deer. You miss them. That's, that's another side story from late season this past year, missing one at 60, but we'll yeah. let that one go. No. Yeah. no, I'm with you, man. I, I look back here, like, I think everybody with the ought to do, and I hadn't thought about this till right now, everybody needs to look back at last year and maybe even the year before that, but what, what were your mistakes? Even if you had like a dynamite slam dunk season, you know, there was probably some mistakes that you made along the way, even if they were small little things where you got busted or a deer blew at you or something went wrong for me. Um, last year, one of the biggest mistakes I made was I didn't wait. Uh, I shot a doe uh, pretty high. I, well, I shot a doe and I felt like it was a great shot. That was my problem. And then I got selfish and I wanted to go tag her because it was still early. And I thought I could get a buck tag and maybe kill a buck tonight. So instead of waiting a half hour, I pressed in to try and find her within about 15 minutes of shooting her. And she jumped up and ran across this, you know, soybean field. And fortunately I found her over there, but I was just like, man, why in the world did you do that? You know, and and it's just one of those things now where, that that led a, a played a part later on in the season. I shot my buck on November fifth, and I waited. I, I called my buddy Trav, and what helped was he said he was willing to come down. So I waited two hours, and you know I was pretty sure that buck was dead, but I wasn't entirely sure. So you know, there's just like you think back on mistakes that you made, and sometimes we just want to like ignore them, or we do one of two things: we either ignore them, pretend they didn't happen, or we dwell on them so much that it like consumes us <laughs> and we, yep. and, you know, it and that definitely happens and it goes in stages too, though. I mean, in reality, you're going to make the mistake. That mistake is going to completely consume you for the better part of a couple weeks. And yeah. then you'll eventually you'll sit back, look at it and learn from it. And that's where like, I feel like, something I should try to start doing. And I think everyone out there should start doing instead of looking at it and be like, I made a mistake. It's like, yes, acknowledge it as a mistake, but don't look at it as a mistake and identify it as a mistake. Identify it as a opportunity to learn and grow. Mm. And if you go about it that way, even with anything in your life outside of hunting included, that's going to help you build yourself as a person and accomplish just about anything you could ever want to accomplish in your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's so good. I was just thinking about that because I think even within like, um, you know, faith and things like that, I mean, we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. We all know that. And I think the challenge that I, I face personally is that whenever I make a mistake or I sin, typically I just, you can dwell on that for so long and it's just like, well, I guess it's just where I'm at. This is who I am. This is the, and so you kind of go back into some of your old ways Rather than being like, you know what? No, I don't have to be here. I can learn from this. I can grow from this. God can help me take that next step. So that's kind of how I relate to that a little bit is, you know, within anything, there's that opportunity that a mistake doesn't have to be the final thing. It doesn't have to define you. It can just be one part and you becoming better. Exactly. I like that, man. That you couldn't have said that any better. So, well, so last season seemed to be one of those where it was a little rough. I mean, you did get a buck 
and you know there's meat in the freezer and so lessons learned so i would not consider that a uh, bad season i just consider it a season where you had some lessons to learn right exactly and it wasn't a bad season i had a lot of lessons to learn and i've learned a lot of those lessons as uh we kind of just went over and yeah honestly it was a stellar season as one for the books as always because at the end of the day I've had deer meat in my freezer all year long and my family has been fed. We didn't have to really buy any beef this year because I was able to put meat in the freezer. And at the end of the day, yes, we all like to hunt. We like to chase inches and stuff like that. We like to shoot the big buck, but if we're putting meat in the freezer, we're doing what we set out to truthfully do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. So yeah, that's a go ahead, man. Well, no, I was going to ask you about uh, rocket. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, rocket outdoors and, and that's with a Z at the end. So I know on Instagram, uh, people can check that out over there. Rocket underscore outdoors with a Z at the end. You guys have some yeah. good content. I'm looking through it right now, but tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about, uh, YouTube where people can find what you're trying to do and kind of give us a little bit more about like, what's, what's the goal behind that? What are you hoping to achieve with rocket outdoors? All right, man. Yeah. So, uh, rocket outdoors came to me, a while back when my grandfather first passed away and I had always felt like I'd lost a greater purpose for myself when I lost him. He was my hunting buddy. He was my mentor. He kind of brought me up in this world like a father would. And losing him was probably one of the hardest things that had honestly ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And after that, and I, for years I wanted to do something for him. I wanted to either start, some kind of foundation that would donate towards the diabetic society and because he passed away of diabetes and or I wanted to do some kind of like outdoor related thing because that's what he had gotten me into and started me with and made me almost gave me an identity with mm-hmm. and a couple weeks ago I'd probably say almost a month ago Rocket Outdoors is very young we we're just kind of starting to throw stuff up on Instagram. One of my, my best friend, the best man at my wedding is actually doing this with me and doing a lot of filming content with me. But I was kind of sitting back and I looked at Haley, my uh, fiance. She's been amazing and super supportive through everything I've tried to do. She's always there. But I looked at her and I'm like, I want more from life. I want to try to build something for myself, for my family in honor of my grandfather. I'm like, I want to try to start my own outdoor content creation page, basically like the YouTube channels that you see out there, like you guys have with shedding light. And one of the other ones that I saw that kind of motivated me a little bit was seek one. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Oh, on yeah. The, yeah. Seek one. Yep, yeah. They have good Those stuff. Those guys are pretty great. They got some good stuff out there too. And I was watching a lot of that stuff and thinking about my grandfather the one day. And I just looked at her. I'm like, that's it. I'm starting it. And I'm going to call it Rocket Outdoors. And when she looked at me, I'm like, you know, that was my grandfather's nickname when he was working. He was called Rocket. And my grandmother's nickname was Charlie. I actually have a rocket tattooed on my uh, right arm with Charlie in it for my grandparents. No, that's cool. And so it's it has a lot of meaning to me, the name Rocket Outdoors, because literally it's like I'm doing this in honor of my grandfather and something that I want to kind of build with the message of rocket outdoors and what we're trying to create. I want people to be out there and see real hunters out there. I want to see them to see your everyday guys 
like you have on your podcast every day, going out there and doing the thing they love, whether that be doe hunts, chasing a big buck. We're actually going to be filming this weekend. We're going to try to film our first YouTube episode, bow fishing on the Delaware River for catfish and uh, snakehead. But um, probably the biggest thing that I want to try to do out of this at the end of the day, and it's something that Rocket Outdoors is going to kind of sponsor, is I want to try to start some form of foundation for my grandfather, William Elmer Rogers, and my fiance's grandfather. People are going to think I'm making this up, but his name was William Elmer Howard. And I want to start something for both of those men who were big time hunters and kind of make it a thing to get kids into the outdoors. I want to continue to grow and share what my grandfather taught with me with not only my own children, but as many people as I can potentially touch and help. A lot of the stuff that I'm doing on right now, Facebook, TikTok, I'm actually doing TikTok too, younger generation. Oh, yeah. But. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube is I'm trying to be educational, have some fun stuff mixed in there. But ultimately, anything I can do to help another hunter improve, whether they've been hunting for 50 years or they've been hunting for one day or they're just curious about it. I want to maybe help somebody learn something, help maybe change somebody's life. And at the end of the day, if I can say I can make difference in one hunter's life or help one hunter accomplish something then we're doing what we set out to do man yeah man i love that that's awesome brandon i think that that is right on i think um i don't know people i think sometimes when people first off a lot of people never start what they if they say they're going to do today i was uh, getting gas right before i got on with you walked in the guy said hey he's a chatty guy real nice guy behind the counter and he's just yeah. like uh He's like, so what are you getting ready to do? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go do a, I'm doing a podcast. He's like, oh man. He goes, I've always wanted to do that. He goes, I really, I've thought about doing that for a long time. And I, there's so many people that just, they think of ideas, they think of things that they want to do, but they never take the steps to actually do it. Fear or excuses or busyness keeps them from doing it. So kudos to you for taking that step to create something that you want to create. You know, it's not easy to, to do that. And then the second Obviously, thing, go it's ahead. terrifying. It's terrifying to yeah. take that initial leap and put it out there and yeah, try to figure out how you want to make it succeed. And honestly, for anyone that's trying to self film hunts, I'm learning it's not the cheapest thing to get into. Uh-huh. I've been lucky enough to find I got myself a basic like the muddy hunt hard camera arm to start off with. Yeah, and I had, um, I had that one. Yeah, yeah, that it's honestly a really nice arm. A little heavy, but yep. And I'm running a, a Nikon D3100 mirrored camera because that's the camera we have in the house. Yeah, man. I think so, that's it. I mean, just you use what you have and you make it work. I mean, cell phones can actually do a pretty decent job for starting out. I wouldn't recommend it for like long term if you want to do great productions. But I think, you know, you can get a lot done with that. If you use your cell phone as like a second angle or buy a cheap GoPro off of eBay or whatever, yep. you know, that's I look at where we are and I, I think about um, just we've been doing this since 2015, Brandon. And it's just like yeah. 
Um, it's been a long, slow upgrading process. Like I now have a 4k camera, but I did not have a 4k camera at the start and it's taken a long time and a lot of just different things to happen in order for that to happen. And so, you know, I think people just need to start. And so I think, I think it's awesome. But the second thing I want to say is I, I love your angle of wanting to help kids and start this foundation, you know, as a, that's, that's the bigger goal. That's kind of like the, the icing on the top. Right. And, I think being able to accomplish that, that's, man, I love that. I love, um, you know, people have heard me talk about it so much on here, but one of my great passions is getting new people into the outdoors and showing them. And I'm, I'm getting better at like actually teaching them and then letting them go do it. So I'm not doing everything for them. Um, but man, I, that's, that's something I just absolutely eat up. And so I think that's really, really cool that you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. I like, it's definitely going to be a long road and a long process to try to get our feet up off the ground and get the mm -hmm. name there. But at the end of the, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing mm -hmm. this for my family because I want my family. I want my daughter to grow up seeing dad chase his dream, regardless yep. of if I succeed immensely and I can make a career out of it. Or if I fall flat on my face doing it, I want her to grow up seeing her dad chase what he wants to do with his life and doing it with a meaning behind it. Because if that's something I can teach my daughter at the end of the day, even if I don't touch a single another person in this world, my kid will have great memories and something to look back on that will live with her the rest of her life. Mm, that's good. Well said. Well said. Well, if guys want to find you, um, they need to look up. You just mentioned a few places that you're at. So I'm yep. on your YouTube channel right now, which is at Rocket Outdoors with that Z. And then Rocket underscore Outdoors with a Z on um, Instagram. Where else did you say you were? TikTok? Uh, yeah, we're on TikTok. I'll actually uh, pull that up for you right now because I'm not looking at it. But uh, the TikTok is at Rocket underscore Outdoors with a Z. Yep. And we're also on Facebook at Rock, just Rocket Outdoors. We have nice. a regular Facebook page. And hey, any support early on, we're trying to come out with as much content as possible. We have some cool stuff in the works, actually. Um, Going to be doing the bow fishing video, like I was telling you this weekend. Yeah. And coming up, we have a few hunts this season. Of course, we'll be chasing Magic Mike and a couple other good northeastern Pennsylvania whitetails. My buddy's on a couple good deer here in northeast pa too got a couple of his brothers involved that are going to be doing some content with us yeah, and yeah. uh next year we're actually going to be taking a trip down the maryland the hunt seek a deer oh sweet that'd be awesome so, yeah we'll be shooting for that next year hopefully getting some footage of that and i got a couple other people in local gun shops one owner of a local gun shop near me freedom gun works actually i'll give him a quick plug because He's a great dude. He, him and I are actually going to be doing a uh, coyote hunt with a night vision scope at some point. Nice. That's exciting, Brandon. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of, a lot of ideas out there, a lot of stuff to really work through, but it's just taking it one day at a time and having yep. fun doing it and sharing it with the world. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's, that's how I feel about this podcast and what we do. It's just little things every day and one story at a time. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So, man, I enjoyed catching up with you. Uh, it's yeah, been fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish you luck on going after that buck and your other things that you got going on. And I encourage you guys to go over and check out rocket outdoors and Brandon, I just want to say thanks for your time tonight, man. Appreciate it. Hey man, Trav. Thank you again, as always.
Hopefully yep. be coming back next year to talk more. Absolutely. You take care, man. Hey, you too, buddy. Enjoy talking to Brandon and catching up with him and just kind of hearing the exciting things going on in his life and just want to wish him well with his wedding coming up here in September. So that's, that's super exciting and uh, just good to hear, you know, just how last season went. And, you know, I, I, what I appreciate, what I appreciate about Brandon is his willingness to share the good with, you know, the bad with the good. A lot of times we want to skim over that. We don't like talking about our mistakes and Brandon's not afraid to, to share some of that. And I, and I think that that's something that we all wrestle with a little bit is that we don't, um, Man, whenever we make a mistake, not only in deer hunting but in life, it, how do you wrestle with that? How do you deal with it? You know, we've got temptation sometimes to either ignore it or maybe, man, you might just dwell on it. You know, you're tempted to do something, whatever it may be. Maybe it's looking at stuff on your phone that you shouldn't or maybe you know you should avoid alcohol because you have this tendency to go too far or maybe it's the words that you say, you're just hurtful to, you know, your wife, your kids or people around you, whatever it may be, that sin that you struggle with. You know, um, and then you try hard as you may to, to not do it, and then you do it. And man, that feeling sometimes, for me at least, I can tend to dwell on that really, really heavy and get stuck in that mode where it's all I think about. Kind of like Brandon talked about with the deer. It's like all, all we can wrestle with for two weeks when we live in this spot of, man, I, I, God must absolutely hate me. God must just think I'm, I'm terrible. And, and I just want us to remember the people of Israel. How many times they sinned against God? How many times they followed idols? How many times they just completely forgot about the God who rescued them, saved them countless times, and brought them back? And in Micah chapter 7, uh, verse 18 says, Who is a God like you, who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all of our iniquities into the depths of the sea. I want you to catch that. If you're a person that's right now, you're wrestling with some of your past mistakes, thinking God could never forgive me, or maybe it's even a more recent mistake where you've just messed up and you're just living in that, wallowing in that self-pity of the mistake that you made. I want you to understand that you have a God who throws your iniquities to the bottom of the sea. Uh, the ocean's pretty deep, and that's how far down the, the sins are that we have. God throws them, and he chooses not to remember them. He chooses not to dwell upon them or, or even to hold them into account. And the reason he does that is because of what Jesus has done for us and his love for us. Um, and that is such an amazing, amazing gift that, guys, if you're not in on that, I'd encourage you to look into getting in on that. Jesus is our way to have that happen. Um, if on the other hand, you know, I don't have Jesus, then God does see our mistakes. He does see them. And while we can learn and maybe try and do better, we're still fighting alone. Uh, we don't have that covered. And, and so that's that's the importance of having Christ in your life. That's the importance of that if you are in faith, to know that God chooses not to remember your sin. Um, don't hide it. <laughs> it's important to confess to others, have people that you can talk to. I have those people in my life that if I mess up, uh, I can let them know or sometimes they let me know. And it's important to have that. And, and it's something we all we all make. There's no perfect person minus one, and that's Jesus. So I want to thank you guys um, for listening to me ramble and talk about this. And hopefully it's something encouraging to you. Lean into God's grace when you do mess up and keep on making uh, those strides to follow him the best you can. 
and we're just grateful for the grace that covers us. Guys, I want to thank you for coming back for another episode. If you would like to come on the show and share some of your hunting stories, would love to have you on. Send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com or a private message on Facebook, Instagram, Shedding Light Outdoors. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope that you come back for the next one. And until then, remember to shed the light.